This is the intro. Moving the microphone around to give this 3D sound quality. Welcome to the Dr. Despair True Crime. We just left Elsa Gate, site of many, many murders. Probably at least a dozen unsolved mysteries come from Elsa Gate in the city of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, the second capital of the galactic Dr. Despair Empire. Not that that matters, that's completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the story that we're telling you about the grisly murder of Gary McSmith. <clears throat> When we last left off, um, the, everybody was confused, but except for me, because basically I know the whole story in my head, by heart, because I read the book, and I also wrote the book. <clears throat> so, let's just keep going. Oh my gosh, did you see that? There were doodle puppies for sale back there. Wait, really? Oh, there were, but we're just going to have to go on. Oh, anyway, um, so... Murder, why? What we do lack is motive for the crime. But that will surely be found. Because if you remember, there's Melissa and then there's Carol. Yeah. Anyway, and there's also uh, Cheryl. So who's the least likely, do you think, to have murdered Gary? Oh, uh, uh, me. Um, let's see. I think Gary is the least likely to have murdered Gary. Well, I don't know. He could have committed suicide. Right, but I don't... I feel like... Well, actually, maybe Gary did kill Gary because how... Was the cause of death by the, um, the electric wire? Oh, well, clearly, yes. You mean the... Well, it wasn't electric wire. Power lights outside Cheryl's apartment. Well, the autopsy results come back. It turns out he was not electrocuted at first. He was already dead. He was already dead. Well, then I don't think he killed himself. Probably not. Because someone would have had to throw him on the power line. That's right. Yeah. That's a good clue. I think that you're on the case. <laughs> Which is good. Because <clears throat> someone needs to be. Um, anyway, uh, it turns out he was strangulated about the neck until he was dead. Oh, so probably someone... He was strong? Yeah, probably. But there was a second autopsy after the first autopsy and found out that he was already dead when he was strangulated. Oh, what's the initial cause of death? Poison. Oh, I feel like that is a, um, a very um, female way to kill someone. Right, but before he was poisoned, he was actually stabbed 13 times right through the heart. Oh, so someone who's angry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, his heart had been cut out of his, his his chest while he was alive. So someone wanted to murder Gary in like five different ways. Well, probably, yeah. So first, as far as we know, he was stabbed through the heart 13 to 15 times. It was hard to count at that point. It was a lot of times, 13, 15. You know, by that point, you know, doesn't matter. He's dead. <laughs> And then, I guess, you know, the other weird thing was after he was dead, somebody then poisoned him. 
okay, not not reacting, but um, and then after he was poisoned, he was strangulated, and then he was electrocuted. What if the everyone murdered Gary? Oh, just like on the Mor- murder on the Orient Express? Yeah. Yeah, that could be a possibility. In fact, that's exactly what the cops suspected. Maybe everybody hated Gary so much that they all took turns murdering him. Oh, yes. And? But you're missing a very important clue. Yes. Which is? Which is? Which, well, you're missing it, so you should guess. You already told me? Well, there's a clue from a while ago. From the very beginning. Oh, oh, about the rose. Well, the rose is a clue, but it's not the important clue that you're missing. The, the Cheryl and Melissa? Well, Melissa's bride. yeah, I mean, that's all there, but, you know, maybe that goes to motive or something like that. But the clue which is missing is... Uh, Gary? <laughs> the bicycle! Remember I said the bicycle was an important clue? No, I don't... Where's the bicycle he was riding? I didn't even know he was riding a bicycle. I said it right at the beginning. Um, can you explain the bicycle? Again? Okay, anyway, remember, right at the beginning, he's on a bicycle. He's bicycling to work. I mean, not to work, but to the bar where he works at. Wait, Gary works at the bar? Yeah, that's what I said. Gosh, I thought he people was pay attention. to have a drink with Melissa at the bar. Yeah, after lying about going to see his friends Dave and um, Bob. But no, no, but he was bicycling and he worked at that same bar where he was going to go. go drink at the bar he works at? Right. I have a question. Okay, hold on. I got to pass the recording device over to set people at nine. Did Dave know that, uh, what? No, did Dave know that Gary was going on a date with his ex-girlfriend? Hold on. What do you think? We don't know anything about Dave other well, than maybe. his cousin. That's... Oh, oh, another thing was that Gary was wearing the clothes of the cousin. Remember? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. To Dave's cousin. The nudist. Who the... Didn't have... the nudist who didn't have clothes. Yeah, that's another important clue. I think everything goes back to Dave. Right. What Dave. Dave. Dave seems to be a central pivotal character, as did the police think. And so the police, the first suspect that they knock on the door because he's got so many connections to the case is Dave and they get to Dave's apartment turns out Dave was with Jane Jane? yeah Jane was in his house who's Jane? well yeah so Jane was the uh, anyway you know Rob? no Rob's sister who's Rob? Rob was Melissa's first husband uh, okay. Yeah, so Jane is there at Dave's place, which is was kind of a shock, So because the police come to the door, and sure Wait, enough, Jane? there's Jane. Who's I told you, Jane was, um, um, oh gosh, Rob's sister, Jane. Okay, okay. Yeah, anyway, uh, so Jane, so she turns out that uh, she's, she's now living with Dave, right? And it's like, why are you living with Dave? Don't you know that Dave is like a real scumbag friend of uh, Gary, you know, because, you know, basically, and where's Dave now, right? Because like, Dave's not home. Jane's like living there. And so Jane says, well, actually, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Dave at all. Not even for like, you know, like since uh, like the day before um, uh, Gary was murdered on a Tuesday. So Jane's missing. 
No, Jane's not missing. Jane's right there. Dave. Oh, Dave's missing. Yeah, but while he's while they're there, the police are there. All of a sudden, Dave comes back. Right? What? And Dave's like counting five dollar bills. Where's Dave been? Yeah, where's Dave been? That's what the police want to know. Hey, Dave, where you been? Right? And he's like, "What's none of your business, copper? What you got a search warrant for my place, huh? Like that?" What? Um. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's like. So, like, like Dave's like, I'm not going to talk to you. Um, okay, someone's got to make a pit stop here. So we're eight minutes into the continuation of this murder mystery. And we'll be back. That's right. So we're back again. We haven't gotten to the bathroom yet, but we're going to continue. There's going to be like another pause here as soon as we can find a bathroom someplace. Not that that matters to you. You don't need the intimate details of Dr. Despair and his minions' lives. But it is useful for historical purposes, I'm sure. Anyway, let's get back to the story. Because Dave, again, he's like, what's it to you, copper? Like that. And the cop's like, we're going to make it your business really fast if you don't start answering some questions. He's like, you're in my apartment. And they said, yeah, but your girlfriend, I suppose, Jane, she let us in. And so we don't need a warrant now, buddy, because she gave us permission to be on the property. He's like, well, Jane doesn't own this place. And he's like, I don't care. What, you know, it's not like we have to follow the rules because we're tough cops and stuff like that. You know, we bend the rules where we want them. Dave's like, I got this whole thing on recording. Except for he didn't. He was lying. He's a liar. But he didn't know that. Or the cops didn't know that, really. But the thing was like on body cam, too. And so this whole thing, I watched it. I watched it on TV. Really. And it, it went down just like I'm telling you. Um, and Dave's like, you know, I don't have to answer questions. And they're like, where'd you get those $5 bills? And he said, didn't I just tell you? I don't have to answer questions. So those look like a lot of $5 bills. Where'd you get them? How come you're counting them right now? Huh, buddy? Huh, buddy? He says, okay, fine. All right, you got me. I'll, I'll just, I'll confess. I found a bike on the side of the road and I pawned it off for $35 in fives. So there's seven of them, I'm thinking, except for I might have dropped one. And they, well, the cop says, well, I'll count them for you. So the cop grabs $5 bills. Turns out there's only six. It's like, ah, crud. I must have dropped one back there. So they go back and they look for the $5 bill that they've been dropping. And here's what's weird. What's weird? This is what's really weird. What? You never would expect this. What is it? Well, while they're looking for the $5 bill, they find, and I'm not kidding. What? A pair of socks. Oh. It turns out, you know who they are? The nudists. Yes, that's right. They're, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Do you remember his name? Anybody remember the nudist name? Guy who didn't wear clothes? No, no, no. Anybody remember the guy who didn't wear any clothes? The nude guy. The, yeah, Frank. Frank. I can't believe you can't remember Frank Mocha Truffle's name. Okay. That's ridiculous. I did remember. Frank Mocha Truffle. Yeah, the nudist. The guy who didn't wear clothes. Anyway, they find some of his socks. Yeah, and it's like, they've been really old. They go back to at least 1978. And they think, oh, you know what? We're on the trail of something big. And that's exactly what they were. All right, taking a pause. Okay, we're back. Um, 
There's a lot of questions that the minions have. <clears throat> one, this is one that's easy to solve. Um, which was, uh, wait, the first one was. Well, I don't know. Let's just go with the first question. The first question, I believe, was okay. What? They just, how do they know that it's Frank Mocha Truffle socks, right? Yeah. It's because it was embroidered in them. That it said, literally, I'm not kidding. These are Frank Mocha Truffle socks. That sounds uh, sketchy. That is sketchy. Yeah, I, I could have done that. Yeah, pretty sus. <laughs> yeah, right. But they carbon dated them back to 1978. Okay. Yeah, see? Got no answer for that, right? No, I mean, whoever, like, kidnapped him could have done that. What? They could have, this could be a really elaborate murder plan. Wait, are you... That whoever kidnapped Frank Mocha Truffle embroidered it in the socks and then has had this whole thing thought out this entire time. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, could have been an extremely elaborate plot. Right. Because one thing I haven't told you yet, right? Except for if you'd read the newspaper, you'd know. What? Right. This was like a town bordering the world's largest nudist colony. Uh, what does that have to do with anything? It's got a lot to do with things. Because that's where the $5 bill was found. Right near, next to the socks. Right next to the road to the nudist colony. But wouldn't that not be weird because Frank was a nudist? That's right. Yeah, I mean, so you kind of think, but, like, what were the chances of finding the guy's socks right next to a $5 bill right next, you know, at that what, time? What's a $5 bill? Well, because he dropped it on the way back from pawning uh, Gary. Well, we don't know it's Gary's bicycle yet, but we're going to find out soon. That it's Gary's bicycle. That's, did well, you just yeah. Find out? Did you just well, I kind of gave it away. I'm sorry. Because it, all right, yeah. yeah. Okay, I think Dave is looking pretty sus because if Dave is Gary's friend, then Dave would know that's Gary's bicycle. One would think, right? But Gary denies it. Gary says, I didn't know, I so just Gary's found dead. it. No, I mean, Gary, sorry, Dave. Yeah, you're right. You, you, you catch there. It was Dave. Dave's like, I didn't know this was Gary's bike, right? Like, how was I supposed to know it? It's a Schwinn. So he just found a bike on the side of the road and decided to sell it. Right, and guess what? It was like right next to where he dropped the $5 bill. The bike? Yeah, so it turns out... Okay, well, I'm not going to go there too fast, but there's there, there's a reason for all this, but I'm not going to connect the dots too quickly, right? Okay. All right, so... Uh, there are no dots, by the way. There are dots all over the place. It's like a cheetah. Um, it's like spaghetti, but okay. Wait, spaghetti? Spaghetti doesn't have dots. I know, that's what I'm saying. There's no dots. There are no dots. You have drawn no dots. <laughs> There's dots everywhere. I mean, you want me to start listing out dots? No, just keep going. Yeah, I, I, yeah you don't want to pause this thing. But listeners out there, you're going to either agree with me or Minion Rent. You know, if you agree with Minion Rent, you say there's no dots. If you agree with me, you say there's lots of dots. So time, time in the future, maybe we're going to have a poll. Dots or no dots. But I'm not going to connect all those dots yet. But maybe I will. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, keep going. Okay, all right. So they go back. All right, it's like, Dave, yeah. He's just like, you just... And, and that's what the police tell him. Hey, buddy, you just went two slots up on the suspect list, buddy. So don't you be leaving town or anything like that. And it's like, Dave's like, where am I going to go, huh? It's not like I own anything except for this apartment, which I'm renting and I don't even own. And I'm like, 
four months behind and I was hoping the $35 I just pawned would go to like, you know, like help pay down the rent because Jane's moved in and Jane, you know, she always drinks all this like soda water and I'm like, dude, you know, like, why don't you just drink tap water? It's a lot cheaper. And she's like, no, 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 I got to drink soda water. Oh, it's like, what does soda water do for you anyway? It's just because it's got bubbles. It kind of tastes bitter to me. It's like not really tasty. Do you like soda water? No. No, who does, right? And that's what like Dave's saying. Only murderers. That's right. Only murderers drink soda water. Is Jane the murderer? Could Jane be the murderer? Maybe. Maybe. You don't know. It's just another person on the list of suspects. Because as we know, Jane's Rob's sister, right? And, but fortunately, Dave has shown up. Dave's not dead, okay? So the police are like, okay, don't you leave town, buddy, right? You know, and they live up in the mountains where it's really, really cold all the time, right? And that's why it kind of sucks to be a nudist there. Because they don't wear any clothes. Anyway, they mostly stay indoors. That was possibly what led to the death or disappearance of that guy who didn't wear any clothes. Frank Mocha Truffle. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so like I said, so this is like the first real solid clue that they got to go on. Like these pair of socks would suddenly turn up out of nowhere that had been radiocarbon dated to 1978 on exactly February 14th. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. Do you know what that means though? What? February 14th. Uh, Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day. That's right. It was Valentine's Day 1978 when Melissa got married. Oh. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, things are starting to, like, really heat up. We got Melissa, you know, who was his supposed love interest. And the thing is, the only person that said that uh, Gary was going to go meet Melissa was Melissa herself. We have no other evidence of this, right? Because it had to be Melissa who told the cops. Because it wasn't Gary, because Gary was dead. And no one else knew he was lying except Melissa. But that's true. So Melissa had told the cops. Why did Melissa spill the beans to the cops? Huh? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Well, what do you think? Come on, somebody. get it. Get, get. Why did Melissa spill the beans to the cops about the fact that... That's exactly right. She was trying to make Cheryl jealous. And that's why she actually called. And she admitted to calling. The being the drunk person had called Cheryl that morning at 11.13. Asking, where's Gary? Right? You know, that turned out to be Melissa. Is it all starting to connect up the dots now? Can't you see all the dots? Admit it, there were dots. A little. Why won't you admit the fact that there were lots of dots? I don't know. I feel like you're just making stuff up. I am not making stuff up. This is what really happened. Oh my gosh. We're 10 minutes and 30 seconds in. Time for another pause. I mean, pause. Pause this thing. Well, we were recording. We just gave away like the biggest secrets ever. And we also debated what the capital of the state of Washington was. But we know that the, ca- the murders happened. And w- w- basically, just we're not even going to go down that road that we went down. We'll just take a whole new road. 
different road, better road. But anyway, as I was saying before, when the police basically have no leads and no suspects, or too many suspects and too many leads, anyway, when they all get kind of confused, what they do is they get everybody together and they put them in a room and they lock the doors and said, no one's getting out until somebody confesses. Because otherwise, I'm, we're just going to send everybody to prison. And you're not going to like that, are you? Yep. Yep. Anyway, that's how the police do things. So that's what they did. So they got everybody into a room and then started yelling at them all. And it's like, you know, one of you did it. We know it. You know, why don't you just come out and tell? Otherwise, everybody's going to go to the electric chair. They were all whining and screaming about their rights and stuff. Yeah, according to the Tacoma Times, they were all screaming about their rights. Yeah. But you know what? A murderer doesn't have any rights at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Legally, according to the uh, Tacoma Free Press. Um, anyway, the book, uh, the Dr. Despair book on this subject, also explains the fact that in the state of Washington, they use a completely different set of laws, which don't necessarily coincide with the laws of all the other states. And also, that I have no listeners in Washington who can refute this. <clears throat> so, uh, because people in Washington don't listen to Dr. Spare podcast. Uh, just, just letting you know. But if you do go to Washington and you ask that kind of question, just expect them to lie. And say, no, we do have the same laws. But they don't. They don't really. Nah, it's kind of crazy there. What? You're going on a tangent. I'm not on a tangent. I'm talking about their coffee. Why? I mean, I know it's miserable there, but you know, and that's why they drink a lot of coffee. But you know what? Coffee doesn't come from Washington. It comes from South America in the great nation of Colombia, which I like saying that. You know what the capital of Colombia is? I don't know. I'm going to go with Bogota. Which is a fun thing to say. Bogota, Colombia. It's kind of nice. It's got a good ring to it. You know? Yeah, it's sort of like, um, what's that? Negito, California. It's another cool place. <clears throat> anyway, getting back to the thing. They had everybody in the room. They locked all the doors and windows and couldn't get out. And they screamed at them for like a couple of hours. But nobody would confess. Nobody would admit to doing it. But they were all crying and things and saying, you can't lock us up here. This is unreasonable. We're hungry. I have to go to the bathroom. You know, that kind of thing. So eventually the police said, ah, well, that didn't work. So they let them all out. Um, yeah, which was kind of sad. So I've forgotten who got married to who. But it's not necessarily that important. Um, but anyway, again, the, the police, you know, what were their clues? They had the rose. They had the socks. They had the $5 bill. They had, they didn't have the bicycle because that had been pawned. And they, they went to the pawn shop and sure enough, that really was, as, as I already told you, Gary's bike. It was a blue Schwinn bike, which dated back according to the uh, serial number, which had been partially filed off. But they, but they were able to, to trace that back to, um, to uh, Gary's purchase from the uh, Breckenridge bike shop three weeks before. <clears throat> a Schwinn high, high ride, uh, um, blue uh, bike with uh, those little tassel things on the end. You know that. You, you, have you ever seen those things on the handlebars? Little, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. All right. Anyway, that was the one. It was exactly it. Okay, and it, but Dave, you know, and Dave did know. As we found out later, Dave confesses 
basically, yeah, he actually did know it was Gary's bike. But Dave says now, like, so, I mean, like, I just found his bike and I needed some money, you know. And I didn't know where Gary was and I didn't really care. It's like, you didn't know he was dead? Where have you been these last two days? You know what he said? What? He had been with Carol. <gasps> Carol? I am serious. He was at Carol's while Jane was at his house. You know. Who's Carol again? I can't remember all these people. It doesn't make any difference really. But Carol, yeah. Carol's like mixed up in this whole thing. Because she was like somebody's roommate or a bridesmaid or something like that. But it, it turns out Carol's already dead. So it doesn't matter. Not that she was murdered. She just kind of dies at this point. So we can like strike her off the list. Just to get rid of one of the people. Because we don't really care about Carol that much anyway. <clears throat> she didn't do it, by the way. Um, she, she was completely innocent. But, uh, yeah. I don't know how she died, but she did. Um, and it's irrelevant. I couldn't find it in any of the sources. Um, at this point, you know, it was, it is kind of sus in a way, but these things do happen, you know. Every now and then somebody named Carol dies. Not to be confused with Cheryl, who's still alive. And Cheryl's not really entered into this a discussion very much. But, uh, Cheryl, after Gary's death, takes up with Rob, right? And everybody's like, what? Wait, well, hold on. You've forgotten somebody named Bob, right? Because there was Dave and there was Bob, right? Well, anyway, no one can find Bob all of a sudden. Like, Bob's gone. Like, you know, and like, is he dead? Is he alive? Does it matter? I don't know. But after the police had locked everybody up in the room, you know, it was like nobody has any idea what is going on until... The police say, you know what? Maybe we should check out that large nudist camp on the edge of town. And that's exactly what they do. We'll be back. Okay. This is the point. If there's any children listening to this podcast, um, you probably need to... Well, they, I don't know how old these children are. What's a good age cut off? It's 12 and over. Oh, okay. If you're 12 and over, wait, hold on. If you're between ages of 12 and 15, just turn down the volume a little bit. But if you're under 12, probably leave the room. And if you're over like uh, 60, let's go with, okay. If you can collect social security legally yet, you are, uh, I mean, like the retirement social security, not disability social security. But if you're on, you know, you just might, all right, check your pacemakers, people. Check your pacemakers because this is where things get really, really rough. Because here's your clue so far. Um, the bike was found near the road to the nudist colony. The socks were found on the road to the nudist colony. And the $5 bill was on the road to the nudist colony. Okay. All right. You're starting to see maybe the news colony, maybe the police are onto something here when they said, let's go check out that news colony. Anyway. Yeah. And where had Dave been? Right. Dave, you know, said he was with, um, uh, uh, take it up with, uh, Carol who's dead, I think. Right. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. But actually Dave was lying. Dave and Bob were together. You know where? The nudist colony. That's right. They were in the nudist colony. That is exactly where they were. That's where everybody was going. That is where, you know, because it's cold up there, 
they stay inside all the time. That's another clue, okay? So now, like, the police, their clocks are ticking really fast. Their brains are churning, and, they, you know, and they, they're ready to get some more soup because they think, you know, what more shocker thing can ever happen here until they go to the nudist colony and they, uh, like, knock on the door and, like... Um, yeah, there's a door. The nudist colony has a door. Yes, it does. It's got the world's largest door because it's the world's largest nudist colony. Okay. Near Breckenridge, Washington. I thought by a colony you just meant like a bunch of houses. No, no, no. It's like a big compound thing. And they all live there together, not wearing any clothes. Um, that's where Bob and Dave have been. Because it turns out Dave is a closet nudist. Wow. I know, right? It is scandalous. Right. You know, he only puts on clothes when he comes down to town, right? Most of the time he's up there not wearing any clothes. So, um, so anyway, you know, they, the police kind of figure this out because they, they put the squeeze on Dave and Dave's like, oh, I'll admit it. You know? Yeah. I mean, the pawn shop is actually inside the nudist colony too. Pretty much the whole town is in the nudist colony except the bar and the apartments. Um, <clears throat> But the rest of it's in the nudist colony. And anyway, so... Oh, in the police department. That's also not in the nudist colony. But everything else is in the nudist colony. For the rest of the story, it's going to take place in the nudist colony. So they uh, open the door. And, like, there's this guy there not wearing any clothes. And it's like, hey, dude, uh, put some clothes on. It's cold. And he's like, I can't. I'm a nudist. I don't wear clothes. I'm in the nude all the time. And it's like, all right, okay. What's going on in this place? And they say, nothing, we're just people that don't like to wear clothes a lot because we think it's bad for the environment. Wait, wait, I thought everyone in the nudist colony was dead. That was in that part of the story we decided that maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, okay, never mind, continue. Yeah, all right, and and this guy's name um, is uh, Kevin. Kevin, yeah, that that was his name. Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Kevin Flapjacks. Um... Anyway, so Kevin Flapjacks, he's like, uh, we don't like to wear clothes here. You're going to have to take them off if you're coming in here. And the guy's like, wait, hold on. This sounds like this is like one of those old stupid movies with Blake Roberts. And, you know, remember when uh, Inspector Closeau had to go into the nudist colony to investigate a crime. Aren't we doing the same thing over here? And, you know, like, and police are like, no, we ain't going to take off our clothes to go in here. We have a search warrant to search this place. They're like, you're not going to find anything here. We don't have anything except for, you know, really soft, plushy furniture. And, um, you know, and guitars. That's it. There's nothing else here. You can look around, but you're only going to find soft, plushy furniture and guitars. Uh, And the police said, well, we'll be the judges of that. So they go in there and they start uh, looking and they um, find something else other than a guitar. You know what it is? What? What? You ready? Mm, No. No, of course you're not. All right, people, plug your ears and don't listen to this next part because it is truly gruesome and grisly. You don't want to hear this. To unplug your ears in 15 seconds, all right, starting in about right now. Okay, they find a knife. That's what they find. They find a knife, and it's all covered with blood and stuff. And, you know, and guess what? The blood type uh, matches uh, the, the blood type of um, Gary. So it's like, okay, all right, we think we found where the murderer Okay, now, welcome back, people that had just plugged your ears for 15 seconds. And I'll tell you what happened. The police find a knife covered with blood, and that's Gary's blood. Okay, so now we're all caught up to speed. Let's uh, let's keep going, okay? It's like, okay, all right, you told us there was just guitar, Kevin. 
Kevin Flapjacks. How come you got also a knife covered with somebody's blood? Explain that to me, huh? And they say, okay, all right, I'm just going to fess up. All right, this is what happened. This is a lowdown, ready? Okay, because this is the denouement we're at right now. It's really, really sick. So, again, plug your ears. I'm going to explain what happened for those that are really or tough or no whatever you know mostly you just plug your ears you know who you are um the rest of you you can keep listening if you feel like it but just don't try and eat soup right now okay because again you might vomit <clears throat> all right 15 seconds uh well i'm gonna start and uh, you, everybody plug your ears for 15 seconds all right you ready okay this is what happened ready plug your ears okay so this is what happened guys um basically uh turns out that the nudists it's not they get really cold right and so they need bodies because what they do is they take the bodies and they skin them and then they wear the other people's bodies as clothes when it gets really cold isn't that gross that's really sick and bob and dave they were doing it and they got gary's you know body and so it was dave and bob you know who had actually taken gary's body and carefully skinned him alive but then when they realized that he was supposed to meet Melissa because Melissa was like related to Dave somehow and Rob also. And like Melissa was like, hey, is Gary here with you at the nudist colony? And they're like, well, Gary, we haven't seen him. Uh, Gary, who's Gary? Like that. And Melissa's like, I know what you people do in your stupid nudist colony. I know how you use other people as clothes and you carefully dissect them and take all their skin off. And they're like, oh, 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 oh shoot. Maybe we should look like we poisoned him. No, wait. And they did. But it was, you know, they'd already killed him. I mean, he was dead. I mean, he'd been stabbed in the heart 15 times. But, you know, but like, what? You know, they're they're like all confused and like, oh my gosh, let's poison him. And so one of them poisons him and the other guy's, no, no, no. We should strangle him so that it throws him off so they don't think that we're actually trying to skin this person. And so they do that too, right? So they strangulate him, but he's already dead. That's the thing. And so then they say, okay, right, let's just make it look like it's an accident. And so they go rent their, uh, the nudist colony uh, fire truck and they uh, climb up the ladder and they throw his body onto the, onto the thing so he burns all up and stuff like that, you know. But remember, they had to take his clothes off and the only clothes that they had was from Frank Mochicella. Mo- not Mochicella. That sounds like a good drink. Isn't that pretty good? Mocha truffles. Oh, shoot. I've gone way more than 15 seconds. Oh, I'm sorry, people. Oh, gosh. Um, all right. Plug your ears again. Because, yeah, I got to, yo. Know, yeah. All right. And 15, give me another 15 seconds to, to summarize what happens here. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Okay. So for everybody who's got, not got their ears plugged. Um, yeah. God, I forgot what it was. Shoot. Frank's clothes. Oh, Frank. Yeah. So Frank's actually the leader of the whole, like, nudist murdering society. Plus he's albino. That's right. You know, because all albinos are actually evil. Just ask Dan Brown, who wrote the Da Vinci Code. All albinos are evil. Except for one of the police officers was also an albino. And he's like, how can you make albinos look so bad, Kevin Flapjack? Wait. Yeah, no, I mean, because Kevin Flapjack wasn't his real name. His real name was actually uh, Frank um, uh, Mocha Truffle. Wow. Okay. So you can unplug your ears now. And uh, so, hey, guys, uh, for those of you that had your ears plugged during all that gruesome grizzliness, it was Dave and Bob. They did it. And police figured it out. Uh, and the reason they did it is because they wanted to use Gary as a human coat because it got cold. 
that's pretty much it, you know. Um, anyway, if you've enjoyed the Grizzly Gary murder, I mean the Gary Grizzly, no, the murder, Grizzly murder of Gary <coughs> by Dr. Despair's True Crime podcast, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Okay. You didn't think we were going to wrap it up this episode, did you? No. No, no. Really didn't. You saw the dots connect, though. Oh, sorry. The dots did connect, right? Except for one strange dot. What, what, what dot? Which dot? There was a dot which isn't connected. And it's all strange, like. Which dot? What? Yeah. Like, a lot of people No, no, there's just one. Like, the Rose who called up. Cheryl. No, we know who called up. That was Melissa. Yeah, they said it was Melissa. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah, right. but what was up with the Rose? Nothing. Well, Gary was basically, what we guess, right, you know, you can probably guess why Gary said the rose, the blood color rose to himself. That was to scare the crap out of Cheryl, you know. What'd Cheryl do? Nothing, but Gary wanted to break up with Cheryl so he could take up with Melissa. Oh. Right. And, uh, you know, he was a creep. What can you say? He liked blood cover or ketchup covered roses. But you see, it didn't have anything to do with the crime at all, right? Right. It was all just coincidence. Right, okay. So if you've enjoyed the Dr. Despair True Crime podcast, please let us know by asking for more True Crime podcasts from Dr. Despair. And anyway, uh, anybody who is albino or a nudist, do not sue me, even though this really did happen. Because maybe, just maybe, it didn't. This has been a true crime podcast from Dr. Despair, turning it over to a special message from Minion Septuplot 9. What? Septuplot 9, special message time. Oh, um... Special message from Okay, um... So we finished up the grisly, gruesome tale of Gary legend. Um, so... Yeah, that's about it. We have a lot planned for the future. There's a special message. Um, special message. Um, we are going to go pick up something. We will tell you about that later. On a later date. Um, yeah. That's about it. Does anybody hit stop? Epilogue The Price of Crime Friends, this is Dr. Despair speaking What is the price of crime? How much does it cost us all? How much does it cost the criminal? If you've enjoyed this true crime podcast let us know by clicking like and subscribing to the podcast and by buying lots of products from the Blissful Co. And by writing me a letter personally addressed to Dr. Despair at Secret Evil Lair, Cincinnati, Ohio, USA, unknown zip code, or hiring a skywriter to write a message to me personally in the sky. I will be available on Tuesdays looking up into the air between 9 a.m. 
and 9.05 a.m. on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays in March. In April, the times will shift to 10.03 to 10.06 in the morning and 5.01 to 5.02 in the evenings on Tuesdays, Sundays, and alternate Thursdays. Skywriters should be placed so that their letters are no less than 400 feet uh, in diameter, spaced out at least um, so that you can distinguish letters and please make them, you know, quick so that they don't just get fuzzy on one side and become unreadable by the time the message is completed on the other. Again, that's probably the best way to reach me at the moment. Skywriters. Um, alternatively, you can um, essentially leave little note cards all around the area. I'll be sure to pick one up if it has a large Dr. D symbol on it. Uh, you know, express your thanks and gratitude to me. Finally, you may reach me by essentially advertising on all media and hoping that I might be watching television or listening to the radio at that precise moment. But you can also take out a newspaper ad. This has been Dr. Despair's True Crime Podcast, the first episode. Look forward to future episodes in the future. And remember, friends, we are all interested in the future because we are done living in the past. Thank you again. My executive producer is Minion Septubalot 9. I am the writer and creative influence, Dr. Despair. Voices and voice talents mostly consist of me, Minion Septubalot Rent. Oh, sorry, Septubalot 9. And Minion Double Lot Rent. Also in background occasionally, Minion Septuple Lot B, Orca Boy, BBPO, and Minion Septuple Lot 1, the minion closest to Dr. Despair's heart. While waiting for fried chicken or an outdoor meal, supposedly curbside, realize that often you must wait longer than you intend. It is moments like this when the Dr. Despair podcast can have its greatest influence over you. Share this information with your friends and family, colleagues, and even those people you don't like but happen to meet. The way to do this is to come up to them and say, Hello, have you been listening to the Dr. Despair podcast while you've been waiting in this line at Kane's Barbecue? If you have not, I suggest you try it. You can find him wherever your favorite podcasts are available, knowing that you will only have one favorite podcast in the future, the Dr. Despair podcast by Dr. Despair. Thank you, America, for making this the most popular podcast in history of the future. Goodbye. <laughs>